Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Welcome in the latest episode of the Five on the Floor podcast on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Make sure to go to fivereasonsports.com. Make sure you spell it out. The only all-free major sports website in South Florida for all the Super Bowl coverage. We had three credentials to the Super Bowl, uh, including myself. So make sure you check out everything that's going on there. Also, an announcement, and we'll get to this here with my co-host in a second. We've got three credentials to NBA All-Star in Chicago. I will be there when Nikias Duncan and with Alex Toledo were waiting on a fourth. We may end up adding a fourth name. Uh, Alf could not make it because uh, of some work commitments. But we will have you fully covered at the All-Star Game in Chicago, where right now we've got five Heat representatives. All right, before we get to today's episode, I want to tell you about one of our great sponsors, and that is Cervani Men's Custom Clothier. What did I wear to the Super Bowl? The clothes that Blanca got me over at Cervani. Is it frustrating to shop for dress clothes? You can never seem to find the right fit, color, or style. Maybe you never know what to wear or how to wear it. You got a wedding, a special event, a Super Bowl, a heat game. That's why you got to go see Blanca over at Cervani Men's Custom Clothier. That's in South Miami, right above Shula's 357, her private showroom located also right across from Sunset Place. It's on Red Road. So Cervani has been designing fine custom-made clothing in South Miami for over 30 years. Your custom-made suits, pants, shirts, and shoes will fit you just the way you like. So schedule a private consultation with Blanca to start looking your best and get the benefit of a female's perspective on men's fashion. Here's the number, 305-310-2085. That's 305-310-2085. Eight five, nothing fits like custom tailored clothes. Stop buying off the rack. And now, today's episode. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alvon Sydney, aka Alf Nine Five Four. Brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back with the aforementioned Alex Toledo. Alex, again, going to cover his first All-Star game in Chicago, bringing the Caius Duncan along from the ride. He was with me in Charlotte last year. We've got five Heat representatives. Today, we've got five teams that we're going to cover. So, Alex, we've been wanting to do this for a few days. Um, the Heat just pounded Orlando up there. Great performance. Probably best game in a Heat uniform for Myers Leonard. Kendrick Nunn back in the lineup. Not going to focus too much on that game. We're going to focus on the five other East contenders. And I think it's pretty clear there are six teams in the Eastern Conference that are legit. Um, We don't know what's going on with Kyrie right now. Got hurt yesterday for the Nets. Obviously, we've seen Orlando a couple times in the past couple weeks. I don't think they're a legit contender. So it's really six teams in the Eastern Conference with Victor Oladipo coming back. So you ready for this? We're going to go through the matchups for the five teams. Ready. Let's do this. All right. So let's do this. All right. Number one. The Milwaukee Bucks, uh, best team in the NBA by a pretty wide margin so far this season. They've been better than the Lakers. They had the best net rating in the league last year. They've got the best net rating in the league this year. And yet there are doubts. Um, They've lost some games against teams that shoot the three really well. 
Chris Middleton has taken kind of, I would call it another mini step this year, but I don't know if you'd say they have a true number two. I know Nikias would argue with me about that. Uh, they've got a bit of an older roster behind Giannis and Middleton. Uh, Bledsoe has played really well this year, but he was pretty awful in the playoffs last season. And the Heat won up there earlier this season without Jimmy Butler. Let's say that the Heat see the Bucks in the playoffs. What do you see from this matchup? I mean, honestly, like you said, the Bucks have been the best team in the league, and I would be very fearful of a Giannis who is pretty much determined to win the title this year with no Kawhi in his path. I, I just wouldn't be able to confidently pick the Heat in that series. As much as, you know, I like that they beat them in Milwaukee in overtime without Jimmy, you know, I don't know that they would <laughs> – that's a sustainable thing. I think Milwaukee is so damn good. I think people underrate them because they compare the the top-end talent to the – you know, to the top-end talent of the L.A. teams, and they see Chris Middleton. It doesn't look as good as Paul George or Anthony Davis. But, man, Chris Middleton, we talked about this the other night, you know, putting up 20 points about – what, five rebounds, five assists on 50, 40, 90 shooting splits. You know, he's a very good defender. And then on top of that, you had, like you said, Bledsoe having a great season. George Hill's having a great season. They got the Lopez twins uh, doing solid work. They got Wes Matthews and Corver, you know, shooting lights out. They and, and those teams, like, their bench lineup is beating teams. Like, the other day, Giannis wasn't playing it, and they, they – Whoop somebody, I can't remember who it was. I think the Bucks are a lot better than people think. I don't think it's Giannis carrying the team. I don't think it's like uh, the Cavs in 20, what was it, 18? LeBron's last year over there where it was no defense and it was just a bunch of one-way shooters. I think the team is more dynamic than people give them credit for. And a top team on both ends of the floor. They're a force to be reckoned with. I don't like that matchup for the Heat. Yeah, no, they are. And I feel like I've underrated them too because I keep comparing them to the pre-Heat LeBron uh, Cleveland teams uh, where he was kind of the solo star, but Chris Middleton's better than Mo Williams was uh, or Zodruno Sogalskis or Anderson Barajal. So it's probably, it's probably it, not a fair comparison. Is it fair to say that this Bucks team is almost like a combination of that 2018 Cavs team that had no defense that just shooting. And then that LeBron team uh, before he joined the heat that you're re- referencing where they were all defense and no all defense and no shooting. Yeah. It's a combination I also think in some ways, uh, you mentioned Kawhi. I think there's some similarities to last year's Toronto team uh, in that what you mentioned, that, that they, they played well without Kawhi last year, Toronto did. And now we've seen that carry over to this season. And, and the Bucks have played well with Giannis off the floor. So, I, I don't I, look, I don't want to understate them. Um, I like their veterans. I mean, I think you have guys like George Hill and Kyle Korver in one last push for a championship. Uh, you know, guys who you know, have been, uh, have been close with it, you know, a number of times. Did Kyle win with the Cavs or no? I can't remember. No, because he, no. he was on, he was after that, right? And, and he's been on some very good teams. Um, so this is kind of a last push for a lot of those guys. The Lopez twins, uh, you know, do very different things from each other, but both of them contribute. They can space uh, with Brooke and with Hill and, and with Corver and some of the other guys they've got. So I don't want to diminish them. I think they're a really tough out. I do want to spin this to a Heat perspective, too. Obviously, that game up there was a weird game. Um, But I do think, and I think we're going to say this a lot, I think if the Heat had justice available, um, I would feel better about this. And and we still don't have any clarity on this, and I'm not expecting clarity. I've said this before until we get a press release that I don't think Heat fans are going to like. That's been my expectation on this for, for a little while. 
Uh, but well, listen, I, think, I like what you're doing because you also said that Dion wouldn't play again. So I like the reverse jinx. Well, guy. right, I, right. I'm on to you. Did he play? I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I, I feel. I feel like. I feel like. I feel like we're gonna look back at this season now that Kendrick Nudd's back and be like, "Did Dion actually play? I can't remember." Uh, but you're right. No, I, I. I haven't had a good feeling about Justice, and then I didn't have a good feeling, and then remember he came back, uh, and he was out in about 15 minutes, and that was the end of it. Uh, it has been the end of it since then. But I do feel like this matchup would be better for the Heat with Justice because you just have more people to throw at Giannis. I think this is a matchup where James Johnson comes in handy. Uh, but also, I, the one thing that would give me some hope for the Heat to give them a puncher's chance is that the Bucks' losses this year, if you look at them, have all come against teams that have been hot from three. That That is Milwaukee's weakness. They don't cover the three ball particularly well. Uh, they don't have great peri- uh, quickness on the perimeter. Um, also, I think losing Brogdon will show up a little bit here in the postseason. So I, I think if there's one thing you can say the Heat do well, it's when the ball is popping, they shoot the three really well. And so I, I think that would give them a puncher's chance uh, to get a couple of games in a series. Do I, do I think that they win a series? No. Um, do I think Milwaukee's winning the championship this year? No. Uh, I still think we're trending towards a situation where Giannis doesn't win there, but I don't know that the Heat are the team to take him out. All right, let, let's get to the next one. We're going to rank these at the very end. Uh, let's get to number two, which is not – because they're number two in the East as we're speaking, which is Toronto. Uh, the Heat have won a couple of games against the Raptors this year, Alex, but the, the Raptors have been pretty seriously shorthanded, particularly in the second one. Uh, Siakam's back. Lowry's back. Uh, they they have sort of rebuilt this thing with Van Vliet. I think Kyle's having one of his best seasons, actually, when he's been healthy. Uh, and and I, I just think this would be an excellent series. I, I just feel like these teams match up in a really interesting way against each other. The one thing that would give me some hope here, Alex, is we saw what Bam did to Siakam in that first game when they did play against each other. I feel like the Heat have an answer for him that other teams don't. How would you like the Heat's chances in this matchup? See, and that's honestly a perfect point for me to piggyback off of what you said right there because I think that's pretty much the X factor for this whole series. And I know X factor is a cliche, but it really is. Like we saw that Bam is the perfect mold to contain Siakam. And he's really been what's taking them to that extra level this year because I think like if you just subtract Kawhi and Danny Green from last year's team, they're not as good as this. And I think the main difference is Siakam because he was very good last year, but he took another leap this year. And if Bam contains him to the point, not necessarily that he, you know, he did that one game where he was just completely shut down, but if he is contained, I think the Heat win that series. And so I feel pretty good about that series. Like it might be 50 50, but uh, because of Bam's matchup with Siakam, I really like it. I think uh, it's also favorable for Myers because he could just stay on Marcus Hall or Serge Ibaka, mm-hmm. who aren't very mobile. Uh, <laughs> It's still a very good team, though, because they have a lot of two-way talent. And Lowry, I think, has a little bit more confidence now in the playoffs than he used to. He looks just more sure of himself than he ever has since winning the title. I think he's very underrated. And, like, Norm Powell took a step this year. They're very another team that's very, very good on both ends of the floor. You know, I think, honestly, though, I would still like the Heat's chances. I might pick the Heat to win that series. I think that that's one that could go seven. Yeah, I, I think so too. I, remember, that is a tough place to play too. You got to take that into consideration. I, I think home, more thing, home court would be important there. One more thing, I forgot to say. I think we should do it. <laughs> we might have to analyze this as uh, the team, the matchup with justice and the matchup without justice. I know because because really, like like you said before, like I might 
give the Heat a better chance to beat the Bucks if Winslow's playing. I think for sure they have a better chance. And the same thing with the Raptors because it gives them another guy who can uh, – uh, Winslow – a guy who can contain their point guards who pretty much out-physical other point guards and I think would out-physical Goran and none. And I think Winslow's the perfect counter for that. Same as for the Bucks, another body you can throw at Giannis. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Uh, And that's why I keep saying like, you know, I, I, we almost have to assume justice is not going to be there more so than he is going to be there. I think we have to play off of that supposition. And so I I just think when you look at, at what they offer uh, Toronto, like you said, two way players, um, Lowry, uh, you know, it it was crazy with Lowry because he has so much playoff experience and so much of it has not been good. Uh, I feel like winning a championship last year gives him a bit of a pass there. Uh, but, you know, we've seen Goran and Lowry go at it in the past in the playoffs, but having Winslow as an extra defender to guard him, having Butler, uh, you know, to, to guard him at times. Uh, you know, I do feel like the, the Raptors have snuck up on a lot of people just simply because they don't have Kawhi. Everybody wrote them off. But I think what people are forgetting is that, and I don't know if you can even put San Antonio in this class anymore because they've slipped. Uh, Toronto and Miami are the two best player development organizations in the NBA right now. And we never take into account internal improvement when we talk about teams. Like, we just don't. Like, we talk about which guy you got to bring in from somewhere else, but we never say, okay, is a guy like Fred Van Vliet, who nobody expected anything of, going to take a huge leap because of what, you know, he, the experience he gained in the playoffs last year? See, look at Terrence take Davis. A huge leap. Well, oh, look at all of them. I mean, well, they've added Boucher. A, Boucher. Like, I mean, they, they are, um, you know, the Heat, the Canadian version of the Heat. I mean, extraordinarily <laughs> well run from the top. Right, extraordinarily well won from the top uh, with Masai. Uh, they they have similar strategies in terms of developing players and then striking for the kill, which is kind of the, the Riley strategy, uh, or what it's morphed into. And so, I mean, I think there's great respect between those two organizations. It's a very difficult place to play. Uh, and, and so, I, I think to me that series comes down to home court. Like we saw that a couple of years ago. Remember the, the you know that game seven in Toronto where Winslow ended up playing center pretty much came down to the fact that Toronto had a home court. Um, I, I could see a, a similar situation again. Like, I think you have to finish ahead of the Raptors to feel good about that series. And if we're looking at where the Heat are going into the break and where the Raptors are going into the break with their respective schedules, the Raptors, I think, are going to open up a little bit of space here. So the Heat may be chasing that spot for a little while, which is going to make it challenging if you end up seeing them in a playoff series. All right, we'll, we'll get to three more here in a second. I want to tell you about another great sponsor, the Five Reasons Sports Network. You see all those Uncle Sams and Lady Liberties out there twirling their signs. That can only mean one thing. It is tax season. Football season's over. Turn your attention to tax season, but instead of losing your hard-earned cash to companies that hide behind a costume or DIY software that specializes only in headaches, give Palacio, Palacio, and Zimmerman a call. PPZ has been providing premium accounting and tax services to clients for over 25 years. They'll make the filing process simple through close one-on-one support and maximize your return using their exceptional expertise. If you're ready to file, call Palacio, Palacio, and Zimmerman at 305-595-0303. That's 305-595-0303. Or visit PPZLLC. That's PPZLLZ.com. All right, let's get to number three here, the Boston Celtics. I flipped on them, Alex. Um, I thought this would be the best matchup for the Heat, and now I kind of think it's the worst. <laughs> I don't know if I'm overreacting to what happened at home the other night, but we talked about this, you and I, extensively on a pod. I don't like the fact that they've got all these well, – they didn't even have Tatum the other night. I don't like the fact they've got all these wings to throw at Jimmy. 
Um, I don't know that sort of their troubles inside or sort of their lack of, uh, you know, skill inside, particularly defensively, means that much against the Heat, uh, as, and maybe it does against some other teams. Um, I, I don't love Boston's bench, but I do feel like they're going to add a piece probably here. Maybe it's a buyout option or something to strengthen them a little bit. Uh, am I overly concerned about the Celtics? I mean, I don't think you're overreacting, to be honest, and that's because you're preaching to the choir here. And we spoke about it the other night after that game. And I think, man, like as much as I hate to say it, the Celtics exposed the heat a little bit, right? Not too much. I don't want to make this sound like, you know, the season's over. The heat have been figured out. But this team without Justice Winslow, it just <laughs> – the defense is leaking half of the time. And you have Jimmy and Bam trying to make up for it. And, and it leaves them in positions of disadvantage because they're having to – clean up everybody else's mistakes 24-7 because there's always three subpar defenders on the floor, something we've been talking about forever. I feel like I've been, you know, uh, I can't even what's – the, what's the phrase? When, uh, <laughs> when, when a CD keeps playing back and forth, yeah, I'm you're scratching. Right yeah, you're scratching. Well, that, no, that's an old record. That's record scratch. Old for you. Yeah, you, you don't know what a record scratch is. You I don't know. Have, it's like you, 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 don't have any, you don't have any vinyl. I, well, I'll go back to 8-track in a second. But, yes, you have repeated it over and over. Um, but it's true. Like – it's just a personnel. I mean, Spolstra's acknowledged it, Alex. Like, he's he's joked about how sometimes he puts JJ on the floor, so, so it seems like they have more good defenders. Like, yeah. I, they they don't have a lot of elite defenders. They don't really have a way to get one unless uh, unless Winslow comes back. I think honestly, we're gonna have, and I think we should talk about this next week uh, since the trade deadline is on Thursday. I think there are some avenues for them to go for some, you know, role player type three and D guys that might be cheap. Like Jay Crowder, Marcus Morris, et cetera, maybe a Covington somehow. But I think that might be a good idea for them because especially like versus a team like Boston, they're going to expose you when, you know, you, you, how do you contain Kemba, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Gordon Hayward at the same time when you're throwing out a bevy of guys like Goron, Kendrick Nunn, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, and then you have on top of that two shooting bigs who can't be trusted on defense consistently. Obviously, Myers has been – uh, better than Kelly has on on that end this year, but mm. still, like there's too many there's too many holes there that you're trying to plug. And then on top of that, like we we thought the Celtics defense was going to be absolutely terrible because because the Ennis catcher signing, but he's barely played. And Daniel Tice has been solid this whole time. He's right. he's a very physical center. They have a very f- just burly physical team in general. Uh, even off the bench, like Brad Wanamaker, Semi Ojale, uh, they're physical all over the place. Mm-hmm. At pretty much everybody outside of Kemba Walker's very big and I think that's a factor too because the heat are not big in that sense right and and so I think it makes it tougher on the heat guys to find openings and create separation for the things they like to do well and and, and, like you've got so many wings you can throw at Jimmy and Tice is bigger than and 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 more physical than Bam so like you know Bam has to basically find a way to drive straight past guys and score. Because other than that, it's like, it's a very tough thing to try to beat this team without Winslow. Well, I, the biggest thing to me, and we talked about this in the pod, is Hayward. Um, because I, I just didn't know if he would get back to this point by now. Probably should have expected it. We, we, we did say before the season, it takes about two years. Uh, Paul George is back where he was, uh, maybe even better. And so Gordon is, is getting to that level again. And, and you're right, that gives them three options with the growth of Brown. In particular, I'm more of a Brown fan than a Tatum fan. Uh, I think he was the all-star, not Tatum. But obviously, they both you know present different kinds of issues for you. And and then Kemba is Kemba. I, I had a conversation with with two people in the Heat organization 
who told me that they thought that the Kemba for Kyrie switch for Boston was a plus for Boston. They said it at the time. They said it since the season. They have enormous respect from Kemba. They did not have a ton of respect for that Charlotte team that Steve Clifford took in the playoffs. Remember Purple Shirt Guy series? They basically were just scared as hell of Kemba. <laughs> that was it. And so they have tremendous regard for him as a player, as a leader, all those things. And I think he's going to be terrific in the playoffs for Boston. And so, you know, he's one of those guys that he can go – this happened the other night. I mean, he can go seven for 20, but he's going to make plays down the stretch of games and he's going to hit shots at the end of games then make a difference. He becomes kind of unguardable in those situations. So I don't like this matchup for the Heat. Um, I think that – I don't love what Danny's done with the roster, but I think he's got enough that if he can add one or two, uh, you know, buyout options, I think, you know, maybe – you know, they need one more big, in my view. They need one more big – uh, for a rotation, but here's the other thing, and we'll talk about this too. In the playoffs, you're all, you're playing fewer guys. You don't you don't have the back to backs. I know Heat fans are going to say that the two losses to Boston were second night of back to backs. That's true, but you don't have the back to backs in the playoffs, and so you can play guys longer minutes. And their roster, if you can play their top four, the guys you mentioned, more minutes. If you can get them into 38 to 41 minutes, and Hayward can handle it at that point, then they're going to be a tough out in the East. I, I think they're a dark horse to go to the finals because of their wings. They remind me, Alex, a little, again, before your time, they remind me of the Knicks team that Patrick Ewing was hurt on uh, that ended up kind of rebuilding itself around their wings, Sprewell and Houston, uh, with Marcus Camby in there, and got to the finals, lost to uh, the Spurs. But I, I, I see some similarities between this team and that team. So, I think they're a tough out. All right, we're going to get to two more here in a second, but another of our great sponsors, the Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm. Check them out at onecalllegal.com. Make sure you spell it out, O-N-E, calllegal.com. Got someone there 24 hours a day to handle your case, whether it's immigration, slip and fall, traffic accident, anything along those lines, personal injury, of course, um, and they're also handling some sports law now too. They, they handle everything. So just go to the Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm. Again, that's onecalllegal.com. They're based in North Miami. We're going to be setting up a studio from there pretty soon. All right, two more to get to here. Um, let's, I was going to save the best for last, but let's get to Philadelphia. Uh, this is, we're doing this prior to the Heat playing the Sixers on Monday. We have seen now the Heat go up and get absolutely lambasted in, in Philadelphia. And then we've seen them win in Philadelphia. And then we've seen them beat the Sixers again. And now they get them again. Um, so we've talked about this matchup probably more than any other. <laughs> so, right. Yeah, people feel, are definitely sick of hearing us talk about this one. All right. So what have the three games told you? Honestly, it's been more positive than negative. And I think it's funny, like for sure, if you look back at our pods from a couple months ago, like I, f I feel like we flip flop on a lot of this because <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. I still don't know if I would pick the Heat over this over the Sixers, right? Like I, I, I do feel better about it though than I did a couple months ago when I called them unsolvable, and Alf wouldn't let that go uh, when we were arguing in Winwood. But he's been right about it so far. Like they, first of all, the biggest thing has been their shooting, right? Like we've been saying all season, their shooting has been has just opened up everything for their offense. Obviously, it presents different trade offs because they're talking about subpar defenders, but at the same time, like they've been a top ten offense because of their shooting and because of Jimmy being such an efficient facilitator and a guy who just gets to the free throw line. And I think because they have that reliable offensive scheme, that makes them, that gives them a better shot to beat the Sixers. I think coming into the season, we, we weren't sure about their offense. Uh, 
and we weren't sure. But our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Uh, the shooting around them, which I think was going to make the heat easier to guard, especially with a team like the Sixers who could just drop back on everything and will out-physical you. I still think they present those problems and present a lot of matchup problems, but the Heat have avenues to counter. However, I do think this is one that comes down to the Winslow line because I think I would I might pick them to go I, I think I might pick it to go seven with Winslow and then it's kind of you know it depends on home court. But without Winslow, I don't know if I can honestly pick the team, I mean pick the Heat to beat the Sixers. And not that's not saying that the Sixers have been, you know, dominant or anything. Mm-hmm. I just think like they're very talented across the board. I think that's a team that one hundred percent is gonna pick up a couple guys now, either at the buyout or trade deadline. And I think they're gonna be even deeper. And people are sleeping on them, man, but they're built for the playoffs. They're they're built for the game to slow down. And it's going to be really tough to try, you know, with them being physical all series to try to outlast them. Yeah, uh, the, the biggest matchup problem for the Sixers is the Sixers. I just I, – I, and I, they have uh, said this before, the highest ceiling and the lowest floor of all these teams. And it, it, it depends on where, where they're in in their own headspace, in my view. Like, how is the Embiid-Simmons thing working? Is Embiid healthy? Like, is, is that actually going to happen? Because it, it rarely happens, right? Like, when it seems to matter. So, is he going to be healthy? Um, are you trusting Tobias Harris and Josh Richardson to make plays for you down the stretch? I do think they will add some pieces. Um, you're hearing a lot of names there. Derek Rose is an interesting name that's been mentioned, trying to get Covington back. Like, if they add one more piece to that bench, or that at least they can flip into the starting lineup at times, it makes them because re- remember Trey Burke has been soaking up a lot of those minutes and he's played pretty well, but you can upgrade. I mean, if Derek Rose is a pretty big upgrade over Trey Burke. So if, if they find one or two guys, it changes this equation. I still don't love the matchup for the heat unless Philly has imploded. Um, if they've imploded, I, I think a, right. I, I think a lot of this has to do with, again, I would keep talking about this, but this is a big thing for the heat this year. A lot of it is home court. The Heat, uh, this has not been the case. Traditionally, the Heat have not had a big split between home and road. And people have said, because the Heat don't have a great home word advantage because the fans leave early. Really, fans, it's not about the fans leaving early or getting there late. Have you ever tried to get concessions in American Airlines Arena? That's where they are. Okay, trust me. Okay, I spent half a quarter trying to get something the other night. Um, Honestly, the, it's the, it's like in the blueprint, right? Like the Heat want people to be out there spending all that money, that, whether that's, that's what it is. whether in that plaza. Like, I feel like it's that's part of the scheme, right? They're yeah, like, well, yeah. I, I not, they're not in the seats, but they're spending money elsewhere. <laughs> I always tell this story. I remember sitting there a few years ago down by the court, and they were someone was selling cigars because we used to sit press row before. Wow, Mickey moved us upstairs. How long um, ago was this? 
a few years ago. I mean, we used to be presser all the time. Then they kind of moved us back there in a rotation. And then, you know, now we're all in 106, 105, which is fine. Selling cigars? Uh, no, somebody was selling cigars down there uh, <laughs> during the game. And I was like, you can't smoke it in here. So the whole exactly. idea was for somebody to buy a cigar and take it out, out of the arena. So somebody sitting, like, like spending, I don't know, $5,000, $10,000 for a seat right there, like right there close to the court side. The, like the whole idea is let's get you out of that seat. Like let's bring you somewhere else. So yeah, you're right. Okay. But the reality is with the home, home road splits, the, the only proof that you had that the Heat didn't have a great home court advantage because actually the crowds get really loud in there um, and are, were terrific during all those playoff runs. The only proof that you have is that the Heat's home road split was not significant. They were pretty much, over the years, the same team on the road as at home, uh, pretty close to it. This year, they're not. They're two completely different teams. They're, they're, they're right there with Milwaukee as the best team in the East at home, and they're basically a six seed on the road, six or seven seed. So uh, it makes a huge difference, and I think against Philadelphia, it would make an enormous difference. And I know Miami went up there and won. I do think you can win in Philly because the crowd turns against them. It's a little bit different. <laughs> Toronto, the, right? Toronto, they don't turn against them. Boston, they're vile, but they don't often turn against the home crowd like uh, as a home team like Philly does. It's different, okay? But I think Philly I, would do that like if, if they were really imploded in the play. Yes. Uh, like in an elimination game. Like I don't think they would turn on them in a game seven. That's where I would really fear like the Philly crowd because I don't think that he would be able to win in Philly in, in a game seven. But uh, well, That's true. But honestly, also remember, I think a lot if, of you're, if you're going to play Philly now, if you're going to play Philly, the likelihood is, based on the way both teams are trending, is that you're probably going to play them in the first round, right? So I, I mean, I, I would oh think, right? it, well, it might, it might be a four, five, or a three, six. I didn't even consider like, that. <laughs> Right? No, so I mean I mean that's where you would start. Well, right now, let's let's just look at it this way. If Milwaukee is I mean Milwaukee's the one, right? Okay, if yeah. Toronto's gonna start to run away a little bit with the two, and I think if they get healthy with their schedule uh coming up, they they're gonna build, like I said, a little bit of a cushion. So that means you have Boston, Indiana, Miami, and Philadelphia fighting through three through six. Those teams are gonna play each other in the first round. So I, I you very easily could draw Philadelphia in the first round, like as easily as you would draw them later on. And if that's the case, then probably the Sixers fans haven't turned against them yet. Um, although, yeah, I guess you could say if they won a playoff series, they'd be a little happier with them. I guess they could turn against them at any time, Alex. But the, the point is, it's a different environment there uh, than it's going to be somewhere else. Because I do think if you can get up on that team early, uh, th that home, they will start to feel pressure that mm -hmm. maybe the Pacers wouldn't at home. Toronto, I mean, it's a love fest in Toronto. They just There's won a championship. Yeah, they wasn't expected to do anything this year. There is a little bit of like a, almost like a ticking time bomb thing going on with Philly where it's like there's so much pressure for them to produce in the playoffs because everybody knows this team is built for the playoffs. Where it's like, mm -hmm. and then on top of that, everybody also knows that Embiid and Simmons fit is not great and it just has not worked from consistently, especially in the playoffs when, they, when, when the game's Well, that's where, that's where the flaws show in the playoffs. I, the way I look at the East right now, these top six, there are three teams with expectations. Uh, and I would rank them in order of expectations. I, I think it has to be Milwaukee because it's Giannis and there's a time, there's a clock on him, right? Mm -hmm. But I think Philly is right there with them on expectations. Those are supposed to be the two best teams of these. And then I think it's Boston because yeah, the only reason they, the expectations weren't higher was because you didn't know about Hayward. But it's still the Celtics. Danny Ainge had all those assets. They need to win something. All right? So I think one, it's the – Can I say one more thing I about the Philly matchup? Well, before, well, let's get back to this. I think the three that, that don't have expectations – are Miami, Indiana, and Toronto. Would you agree with yep. that? Before we no, okay, no doubt. Okay. But um, the Philly thing, man, I think a lot of it too 
is going to come down to whether or not Jimmy and Bam have their mid-range game going. And I know, like, the mid-range shot has become this whole thing where, you know, you don't take it, right? It's not a good shot. But Jimmy Butler, man, you talk about, like, what made him good all these years. He had a pretty deadly pull-up mid-range game. And I'm not saying he, he has to be DeMar DeRozan out there where, you know, look for these shots and dribble, 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 and pull up into these shots. But Jimmy Butler it, it needs to have that threat of that shot, I think, at the very least. And he hasn't been showing that threat at all this season. He's only gone to the paint and gone for the pass or gone for the layup slash free throw attempt. And I think because of that, it's going to be easier for the Sixers to drop back on the heat. And even though, like, obviously, again, the shooting makes a difference because that makes it harder for the defense to drop, Jimmy needs to be able to kind of take those mid-range jumpers when they drop back. And the same thing with Bam. We've seen Bam... Uh, has improved in that sense. So I think that makes me feel a little bit better about the matchup as well. But both of them, I think, need to be going or at least need to show the Sixers that they're willing to take them because Jimmy has had that shot since he turned into an all-star player years ago. And I know that it can be pretty much, you know, if you just go back, it's it's all going to be on the wrist injury that he suffered last year in Philly. And basically his shooting splits have gone down the drain since then. So... I think I, I don't. I don't think we've talked about the wrist enough, honestly, because uh, he hasn't talked about it. I wonder if it's something that comes up at All Star. I almost watching him against Orlando the other night, where he was just attack, 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 attack. Which yes, I, I think that's with. something that we should say. I think he looked really, really he looked fresh. good. He looked fresh because it was all he had the days, extra of rest. days off. He had extra days off. I mean, this has been obvious. Like since he hasn't had justice, he's needed time off, and and he had time off. He looked like a totally different player. And during the playoffs, yes, it'll be later in the season. I think they need to look to load manage him a little bit over the last couple weeks of the season, at least, depending on where they are in the standings. All right, because I do think home court matters. I don't want to get into it here. This is a whole separate topic. Do you load manage or go for the seed? I I'm, we're saving this one. All right, but I I do think that that's something that they need to look at. But I think if you look at, at Jimmy and Bam, you're talking about mid-range. I think by then I may have more confidence in Bam from the mid-range than, than Jimmy with the way both are trending. But we'll see. I'm already I, there. I'm I, well, yeah, well, he's got to take it, though. He's, I have more confidence he'll make it. He's got to take it if you're Bam. All right, let's, we got one more to get to. I want to talk I about one more. thing for Jimmy. <laughs> I don't know if – well – I don't know if I feel good about him taking it right. That shot is so flat right I think now. He learned right, a little bit too much from, from Ben Simmons. All right, let's get sorry, One more. Uh, look, another sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network, Dutch Valley Farms. What's Dutch Valley Farms? For starters, not your average cannabis grow farm. They've got deep roots in the 305, and this hometown group of doctors, CPAs, and Silicon Valley professionals have taken their talents from the 305 to the 503 to make you the finest flower out there. How does Miami find its way all the way out in Oregon? Simple, a team with a shared belief in cannabis research and erasing the stigma behind the bud. So go to DutchVF.com. Again, that's DutchVF.com, or follow them on Instagram at Dutch Valley Farms. I always forget to give the slogan, but of course it is the proof is in the plant. All right, let's get to the final one here. It's the Indiana Pacers. Uh, Victor Oladipo, back in the fold. Um, Sabonis is an all-star. So both guys that they got for Paul George are going to be in the mix now. There's rumors they're looking to move Miles Turner. Everybody keeps talking about Miles Turner as a fit with the Heat. I have heard that Heat, Bam and Miles Turner don't get along so well, and I think that kind of came up in the uh, USA, Team USA stuff. So just mm. take that in consideration. There's... there's uh, not a lot of guys in the league that don't get along with Bam, if you've noticed. Um, everybody goes up and hugs Bam and go jokes around with Bam after games. He seems to be one of the most popular guys in the league. I've not heard I mean, great if, things about that, that relationship. 
if that young was still on the Pacers, this would be a heat rivalry. <laughs> oh yeah, no doubt. Well, you've got TJ Warren on the Pacers. So we saw a little bit of stuff there. Um, th- this, this particular matchup, I, I, to me, a lot of this, I, I don't know what Indiana is going to look like with Oladipo and Brogdon together for an extended period of time. I think that affects this, but we have seen that they play the heat tough. Anyway. Uh, we talk about buildings. That building has been at times a house of horrors for the heat. Um, you know, they did get a win up there, you know, this year. They have, uh, you know, obviously, if you go all the way back to Dwayne and LeBron going, you know, nuclear on them in the playoffs, they, they have overcome it at times. But that can be a tough place to play when they're into that team. I feel like they are going to be into that team in the second half of the season because they've overachieved and, and Vic is back and he's popular and they want to keep Vic, uh, which is a question going forward into 2021. A final one here before this uh, our service here cuts us off. This matchup. Okay, so... I think this is the best one for the Heat. If you're if you're talking about just uh, not the Orlando Magic, uh, I think this is the best matchup for the Heat, right? Even with Oladipo back, I I do really respect this team and how good they've been able to be without Oladipo this whole time, where they basically kept up with all these other East teams that have shown to be really good teams without Oladipo. And I think he's gonna, you know, he came back and he looked, you know, he showed some positive flashes. He looked like he he was working on that jumper. And he looks like he's still got some spring in his step where, you know, I was kind of expecting him to look slow right off the bat from all the time he missed. And Brogdon took a step. Sabonis is taking a step. I think Miles Turner is kind of plateaued, but he's still a really good defensive center who can give you a little bit of that stretch factor. And they've got a kind of a big team, low key. Like Brogdon isn't huge, but he's kind of a big point guard. He's a very solid defensive player. Very good one. He's very efficient. I like the fit with him and Oladipo. I think it's going to take a little bit of time to mesh, you know, to hash out because Brogdon has been the pl- the primary bar handler this whole time, and he's done a very good job at it. And Oladipo was kind of a pound the ball guy as well before, so I think it will take a little bit time to hash out. But they needed that type of weapon, that type of threat, I think, to really balance out the team. And T.J. Warren is a good player, as much as we like to clown on him. Like they've got a really solid squad, but at the same time, I think the Heat match up with them very well. They, there's no place. I think the Heat will get really exposed, although it's another one where the perimeter defense can suffer because Oladipo isn't going to bruise anyone, any one of these guys like that isn't Jimmy, right? If, you're, if Winslow isn't playing, like he's going to bruise up Kendrick Nunn or Duncan Robinson or Tyler Hero. It's just not going to be a good matchup for them. And then Brockton is extremely efficient, and I think we'll do a good job guarding the threes. And you've got Turner and Sabonis there to, to really – uh, try to stamp their impact on Bam. Like I, th- I think they're going to be a harder matchup than Heat fans think, but I would still pick the Heat, maybe even if Indiana got home court advantage. Yeah, it's a tough one to call in that regard because uh, you know you look at these teams, and I was expecting Indiana to finish sixth, which means that Miami would have to be three. And now the way things are trending, I think it may be more likely that the Heat end up kind of in that four hole. So I don't know it if could it very well be the four or five seed. It, it could be the four or five if if the bottom falls out with Philly, right? I, I, that that would be the the situation. I don't think it's going to fall out with Toronto or Boston. So it, it could be the four or five if Embiid's out for another period of time, or or the Sixers. Like I said, if they implode, they end up in the sixth spot. Um, I, I, I look. I think this would be a, a, a hotly contested series, and I think ultimately. If Vic is not all the way back, I think having Jimmy at the end of games to get to the line makes the difference. I, I think his toughness, I, I think this is a series that he would actually want to play. It, it kind of fits their play style a little bit. Um, 
And, and there is, I think, it, I, I agree Vic looks better than I expected, but it's going to take time. It's like we talked about with Hayward. He's not going to be at the level he was, you know, two years ago right away. So I, I think that, and, and they also have to figure each other out in a playoff series. Like this, this is not a team that's made a deep run. Um, I, I just, I, I think that he can handle this series, but I think it would be, I think it would be ultra competitive. Um, but I think the overall message, and I think we close with this, is that if you got through this podcast, you would say, okay, how are the Heat going to win a first-round series? Because I think we've, you know, we have felt so good about the Heat all year and what they've done, particularly at home. But all of these matchups present significant problems. And so that's why I was kind of saying before, when the Heat, I thought we we're going to get to the two, that, okay, you draw Orlando or, or the Brooklyn, then I think you pencil that in, right? But I think any of these other matchups are challenging. Like, I, I went from feeling very positive before this podcast, and as we've talked through it, I, feel, I don't feel so good. <laughs> I mean, I, we don't like Milwaukee in the first round, but they're not going to see Milwaukee in the first round, right? Because the Heat aren't going to be the eight. So you would see Milwaukee maybe in the second round if you win a 4-5 series. Uh, Toronto, you're probably not going to see in the first round, but you could see a little bit later. But you could see, again, you Boston, Philadelphia, or Indiana. It's possible you could see Toronto in a 4-5. That's possible. Boston ends up uh, there, maybe maybe even a 3-6 if the Heat dropped to 6. Uh not expecting that, but could happen. But but I guess uh, if you rank it before we go here, um, I think the toughest matchup is Boston for them right mm. now at this moment. Uh, you think it is? Honestly, it's really hard to say, but just because of how good they are, I'm still going to say Milwaukee. Mm. As much as I like the fact that they're pretty much – oh, Giannis, just to make it hard on him, but there's still too many places where they leak – on defense to make me feel confident about Giannis, who looks like an absolute world beater. And the rest of that team, that's just killing everybody. Right. No, they are, and they've been great. And Also, and sorry, one more thing. Number one team, defensive rating. Number two team, offensive rating. They're <laughs> the best team in the NBA. Like, I'm not questioning that, but they were oh, also – but, Al, but Alex, they were the best team in the NBA last year. They were the best yeah, team in the NBA no last year. Man. They, they – I they understand, but they everybody. were better than Golden State in the regular season. They were much better than Toronto in the regular season, at least by net rating. They were the best team. They had a historically great season last year. I understand that there's no Kawhi. I get it. Uh, and so, I, but I just, there. I don't know. There's something about it where if Chris Middleton has really taken the leap, okay, and the numbers suggest that he may have, if he's really taken the leap. But I watched him on Team USA. I like him a lot as a player. He's not Paul George. He's not Anthony Davis. He's not that number two, even now, okay? And I, I think even Nikias would agree with me. And I just I, – I wonder if some of those older guys going to break down as the season goes on. Is Corver going to be healthy? But I Lopez think, is going to be healthy? Is, you know, is, is that is – I George think they Hill got a decent healthy? balance of young guys that are playing well, though. Like Pat Connaughton and, and Dante Dante well. have both been playing really well. And it's like you can – they're not relying on only old guys, which I think was going to be a flaw, but – you, you know, you got them two out there and to throw them in with all the veterans. And the fact that, you know, you've got multiple ball handlers. It, it, it would be one thing if Giannis was doing all of the ball handling, but Giorgio and Bledsoe have done a really good job in that. And I don't even think Bledsoe needs to be really good for them to go to the finals. I think he just needs to be okay and not basically uh, poop all over his pants like he did the last two years in the playoffs because, like, he's putting up, like, 15 5 on five and five this year on really good shooting splits and very good defense like he always does. And I think he just needs to do 80% of that, three-fourths of that for them to make it to the finals. Not not necessarily to win the title, but 
Like, I don't think he needs to be awesome. He just not needs to poop on himself. <laughs> I no, think it's well, very well, possible. Well, like, maybe Lowry outplayed him last year. No, the way Lowry outplayed him. I, I, I think the final thing, and I'll close with this on the Heat. You know, we talk about these matchups, but a lot of it just has to do with how some of the Heat guys handle this. Um, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, Kendrick Nunn have handled everything this year. There's been some bumps, but this is going to be their first playoff run. Jimmy Butler, how fresh is he going to be at that point? I do think the no back-to-backs will help. Uh, Bam Adebayo, is there another level to his game? I think Bam being named an All-Star and then spending the weekend around All-Stars, I think there's another level he's going to get to in the second half of the season because confidence is huge. It's totally underrated. He's going to believe in himself that he belongs with these guys now. I saw that with Dwayne. Dwayne's first All-Star game in 2005. I was there in Denver. Dwayne came back different. He came back different, okay? Like, he knew he belonged. He was as good as those guys. Bam's going to believe that when he's with them. He didn't have that USA experience because it was cut short by Popovich. He's going to have the all-star experience. I think it changes a a lot of things. So what is the level that they get to? Um, And then Winslow. Uh, We close with Winslow because I think it matters. Um, And whether he uses a trade chip to get a Robert Covington or a Jay Crowder or something that can help them or whether he's there to help them himself. They've got to get some value out of that roster spot, either him or somebody else for him. That's where I'm at with it. And I don't know how they get value for him. If there's going to be a press release in a week and a half that he's being shut down for the season, you know, or less than a yeah, week. I think it's going to be a trade deadline. It's going to be very hard to throw him in a trade when it's, everything has been so ambiguous on him, which I leads me to believe he's not going to be traded. I think he's going to be on the roster and I think the way to close this is you want to you want to rank one through five easy to hardest the matchups for, for yeah the, I I, I, I would with or without justice too uh, I, I well I would say uh, let's just do it in general because I I think we have to assume no justice at this point but I, let, let's let's say okay uh, let, let uh, to me easiest I would go Indiana Toronto I, I'm gonna go f- <laughs> it's hard I'm gonna go Philly wow. Um, because I'm going to put them in the middle because to me, they are the team that could go either way. And then I would say Milwaukee and Boston. Honestly, it's very hard to disagree with you right now with how, how good Boston has looked. And, you know, the fact that they present more matchup problems than I think we thought, uh, than we saw coming earlier in the year. It's in the same way that Philly presents matchup problems. They're very different matchup problems. I think it's, which one do you, do you believe them to be able to outlast more? And I don't know, man. It's very tough. Like, I still have Milwaukee's the hardest. I still – I think I agree with you that Indiana is the easiest and Toronto's the second easiest. And then from there, it's really just between Philly and Boston, right? I think I'm going to say – I think I'm going to stick to my guns and still put Boston there in the middle mm-hmm. and, and Philly as, a, as a hard, the second hardest team behind Milwaukee. Yeah. I, I think it's – like I said, I, I think when you look at it this way – uh, that you come across. See, if you're talking without Winslow, I definitely gonna. Keep, I'm gonna keep Philly there. Yeah, I think we have to do without Winslow. I, I think if you look at it this way, Eric Spolster's done a hell of a job this year because when you look at some of these matchup problems that are presented, you know, you don't necessarily feel good about it from a roster standpoint against a lot of these teams. But we'll see. But all these teams, I mean, a whole different podcast, and we do need to go. But like these teams have good coaches. So you've got Bud. You've got Nick Nurse. You've got Brad Stevens. Uh, you know, I, am iffy on Brett Brown a little bit, but Nate McMillan's been terrific. So it's not as, as great as Spo has been. It's not like you have a definitive advantage in these series. Like you, you, you have a guy who 
belongs in this category, right? But you say Spolster and Bud, okay. You say Spolster and Nick Nurse, Nick Nurse just won a championship, right? Uh, and then has rebuilt the thing this year. It's tough. It's going to be a tough run. Uh, we'll see if Brett Brown's even still the head coach by then. All right, check out FiveReasonSports.com. Uh, new columns coming out this week. And as I mentioned, uh, we will have the All-Star Game covered like no other outlet in South Florida. Trust me, nobody's sending three up there. Maybe combined. Talk soon. Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.